Hello, hello, and welcome to The Jerick Show, the awesome podcast that brings you all the shiny, glittery security updates from across the week. Welcome to The Jerick Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics, poorly presented. Yes, we were on a hiatus last week because Eric was on holiday. We almost didn't make it back this week because Eric was in Mexico City. And surprise, surprise, he didn't realize how high up it was. And he almost died from altitude sickness. So uh, back at sea level and uh, able to breathe. How you doing, Eric? Uh, hola, hola. Yeah, something I realized uh, not only... Like I, like you said, I had no idea. Uh, keeping in mind that I didn't find out I was going to be doing this talk until last week while I was on a cruise. <laughs> it was kind of reached out uh, through my wife on Facebook with one of our folks because she had internet and, hey, you want to go to Mexico City next week? And I kind of knew it might be coming, but hadn't done any research. We think Denver is high here. It's the mile high city and all that stuff. Yeah, no. Um, Mexico City is half again higher so about seven seventy two hundred uh, feet above sea level. So I learned two things: a, can't breathe; to b, my Spanish is horrible. <laughs> like, like to the point, I'm like, you know, maybe I ought to go ahead and uh, you know look into taking some refreshers. I mean, I grew up in Arizona. You would think that I would know a little bit more Spanish, but I, I was. I was able to get by just a little bit. I'm very glad they had translators. Oh, wow. Wow. So so were they able to translate your horrible puns and jokes and uh, quirky? They, they were. They were. Apparently, it translated pretty well because they laughed. So either they got my jokes or the translators were making fun of me for such bad jokes. I don't know which it was, but, you know, Probably. they... Yeah, they Probably. do this thing where um, it, this was Info Security Mexico, which is a great it was a great conference. But uh, when I'm speaking from stage, um, the people that didn't uh, use English as a as a primary language, they had little headsets that they would put on. And then there was a translator in the back of the room. And that's how they did that live. Um, so, yeah, they may have been making fun of me. I don't know. I, I was trying not to gasp for air while on stage, but <laughs> <laughs> I saw a little clip on actually LinkedIn, and uh, you seem to be doing very well. It looked like a very, very fully packed room. I, I guess they don't have things like fire marshals in Mexico City. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they had packed the the whole presentation area was packed, and then they were bringing in chairs to put around the edges, and it, it was kind of interesting because they they kept coming up to me and going, "Hey, uh, do you mind going on a little bit later? You, you mind another five minutes? We got people lined up outside." And I was like, "Wow, you know." The funny part about this, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and put this out there. Uh, this was a topic on ransomware, and uh, the topic and description was uh, submitted by Roger, Roger Grimes, uh, one of our colleagues. So I'm, I'm going with the fact that that was the popular part, <laughs> was Roger's submission <laughs> got everybody's attention, not that I was up there speaking. So I, I don't want you all to think I'm taking credit for this. Um, I just oh, filled in, yeah. So. so they're probably looking at, yes, hey, man, like you know, this this Roger guy, he looks very different in real life. <laughs> well, and 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 it was kind of funny because after the talk, and I'm not used to this, right? Um, but I had a lot of people coming up to me like, hey, can I take a picture with you? Can I take a picture? And so, taking pictures with these people, and I'm only imagining 
that they're out there like, hey, I met Roger Grimes. <laughs> and it's yeah, me. That's definitely <laughs> what happened. That is definitely what happened. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was a fantastic experience though. Um, I actually I I do love Mexico. I like the I love the Mexican people and man, the food. Oh, the food. So, anyways, it's great to be back though. Yeah, last week. I was on the cruise. I was out running around taking my annual kind of let's get our brain straight cruise. And uh, that was fun as well. We did um, Dominican Republic and Grand Turk and Nassau, Bahamas. So that was nice. I feel almost well rested other than I got in late last night. Uh, but hey, yeah. How are you doing, though, my friend? Yeah, no one's really interested in how I'm doing. Let's get on to the show. <laughs> Five right, minutes let's. wasted of my life that I'm not getting back just because I asked you how Mexico was and you just like took it as a cue to just like go on. South Korea accuses North of fish and ships attack. Which I love the register, man. The register is so Reg just comes up with some great, great stuff here. No, I love that. So, yeah, this is a story about um, North Korea is trying to um, trying to bolster their Navy, I believe. And so, you know, North Korea, they, they do what they do. They have all of these really smart people. And then they go out and they steal all the information from someone else instead of figuring it out themselves. I, I suppose that's just easier for them to go try to steal intellectual property from everybody else instead of their own research and development. I mean, what could go wrong with manufacturing things you didn't design? Oh, come on. You act as if like... They're the first nation on the planet that has ever like tried to steal plans or designs of like anything like, you know, industrial from I, anyone else. No. And you know what? It goes back to the spy craft days, you know, where people had microfiche cameras in the mm. boot of their shoe. And I mean, this is not anything new. Uh, I'll give you that. But man, they just really seem to have embraced this type of intellectual property theft. Um, and you and I both know China is not much better about it. No. And you know what? I You, you reminded me, I saw this thread on Twitter and I, I, I won't be able to find it now. So if I can find it, I'll put it. But um, maybe it was Jason Haddix. He was, he tweeted about a conversation he had with a CISO friend and they built a factory in China to assemble some parts or, or, or whatever. And when the factory was just nearly finished kitted out, he shipped over, so he flew out some um, recon people, specialists to look for bugging devices, listening devices, like do a sweep, make sure the whole, whole facility is good. And they found like seven hidden cameras or audio <laughs> devices in like the ducts and everything <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, then once it was kitted out and it was operational, he flew them out again and they found another bunch of these listening devices and, and what have you. So um, you're not China, wrong. China is one of those places where if I ever go there, if I'm in the hotel, I'm, I'm showering in a swimsuit and like I, cause you know, there's going to be cameras and stuff around there. Right. You just, um, yeah, there, there's no way I'm running around uh, in anything less than full dress 
because no, you know the no 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 shower as you normally would as nature intended this is our kind of psychological warfare on the on the poor guys who have to like monitor yeah you know it, it's an interesting point because i worked for a place that we were looking at um hosting some things and doing some things over in china okay and part of the agreement they wanted from us was to escrow our source code like no no it'll be a totally independent third party that's yeah. gonna hold on to all of your source code but we want to see it and, and have access to it uh, so we can make sure nothing funny is going on and i was mm -hmm. just like okay then like sure sure and we ended up not doing that um and that was a one of the reasons why i mean that's that's something they they were requiring from us. And I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. But yeah, given given how that works out, not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, back to the stories. Yeah, Cisco recently they bought um Splunk and you know they're oh, like yeah. a big they're big in the security space. <laughs> but you can be Cisco and still you know uh warn off a critical flaw in emergency responder code because Hard-coded credentials. credentials. Oh. oh, you would think we're past that these days, man. That's just, oh. And I, I will tell you this. Like, I I was not, I was away when all of this Cisco slash Splunk thing happened. Mm -hmm. But some of the memes were freaking hilarious. Like, they it was were. cheaper to buy them than renew their license. Yes, and yes. I just <laughs> loved some of those that were flowing around out there. Because um, if you've ever looked at Splunk, Wow, that can add up quickly. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good point. Even these really, really large organizations still make some of these seriously fundamental errors. And I have yeah. to wonder if this is something that's left over from, you know, when they very first built this or, or some company they acquired that had this in the code that they've just continued to kind of revise the code and update it and, and rebrand it or something like that. And yet there we go with these, these hard coded that, credentials. Exactly it. There's so many avenues. It, like you said, it could be legacy code. It could be an acquisition. It could be yeah. some developer copied something off Facebook. <laughs> GitHub. Yeah, GitHub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It could be some developer who were just testing something and they put it yeah. in just with the thought that oh, I'll change it afterwards. There's so many things. So, you know, it's it's not like a while it's a fundamental flaw, it's it's a very easy mistake that, you know, we don't know how how long these things go yeah, around. So but if that's you're a Cisco you house, yeah, look look at this. Check this out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. So speaking of Spanish, <laughs> that no. you speak very well, very fluently. Yeah. Oh, oh, the Spanish aerospace firm. Okay, yeah. I was. I thought you were going to go with the other North Korea link on this ah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lazarus impersonated Meta recruited breached Spanish aerospace firm. They probably had having you know someone like you like in in there who didn't speak Spanish very well and. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think the idea was um, they were. They probably did speak spanish pretty well it's usually yes <laughs> yeah 
Uh, yeah, securities users last to know about mergers and they should be involved in the process. Yeah, that's always nice. You come strolling in on Monday. You're like, hey, how's it going, everybody? Oh, by the way, we own this company. We need it connected by lunchtime. IT's yeah. been working on it since Saturday. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, the, yeah. What, what, what are you doing? Yeah, no, that's, that's a brilliant point right there. <laughs> um, no, but this is interesting here because, again, it kind of shows the the way, the, the cleverness that they use with spear phishing. And I don't know about you, but I get these hits on LinkedIn all the time, like, hey, would you like to, and if you look at what they're doing here, this reminds me a lot of the conversations that that I see from recruiters reaching out, cold call kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they try to be personal about it and all that. And then, yeah, they, they eventually get people to, uh, click on links to fill out a form or to do something like that. In this case, they're uh, they're downloading this uh, lightless can rat, which is a newer version of of another rat that they were using. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's in here somewhere. Uh, but it's like an up updated version of one of the remote access trojans that were already in use. Um, so pretty clever, though. I mean, you get somebody in the in the job mindset. They're thinking money. They're thinking about a new career path. You know how it is when you when you get burned out at work. You're willing to do just about anything. Oh yes. And oh, so, blinding, oh, blinding can. can. Blinding can. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And it was a can of some sort. Yeah. Well, first it was blinding, and now there's no light, so it's kind yeah. of the opposite, right? Like, it's <laughs> the batteries ran out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a. It's again, it's hard to believe that. We've had email in place for like 270 years or something like that. Don't quote me on that exact number, right? But it's it's been a while. And I, I always joke that, you know, the the second email out there was probably a phishing email. <laughs> it just, it just yeah. works. It does. It does. Um, FBI crippling dual ransomware attacks on the rise dual ransomware attacks I, I saw this and the reason i actually wanted to talk about this is because i've honestly personally not heard of this before and i wanted to know if somebody else has actually heard of this and what they're saying is you're you have your initial ransomware attack and then while everybody's kind of recovering from that or or whatever you know then they hit with a different strain of ransomware. Oh. Okay, so it's like back to back. They're, they're calling this two attacks within 10 days. And I'm kind of wondering, how prevalent is this really? Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, dark reading would 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 put anything out there. This time, but I haven't heard of this yet. Wow. And I'm kind of trying to decide what, what the point of this would really be, honestly. Like, do they charge the ransom twice? Is it? I, I just don't know. Oh no, you clicked on things. So okay. this is a FBI, yeah, private industry notification, notification. and they're saying that you know, uh, two or more ransomware variants are the same. Uh, so they're saying it's on the rise. Yeah, clearly we're not just reading this as we're going through the show. Clearly not. No, no. But on the right. rise, does that mean it's it's happened? Instead of once in the first six months, it's now happened twice in the second six months. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, I, I just, I haven't heard anyone tell me. And I'm interested. If you're listening to this or or if you're watching this live in the comments, I would love to know if somebody has actually heard of this 
happening or not. Yeah, because the closest thing to this that I, I saw, I think we covered it last year, maybe. It, it was in one of the UK's NCSE reports, probably, where they said one organization got hit and they paid the ransom. They restored all the systems, but then they got hit again by the same gang same through group. the exact same method. They paid 2.4 million pounds. And yeah. it was about 30 days later. What happened is they recovered basically from, you know, they used the decryptor and got their stuff back up and running, yeah. but they didn't go through the process or they weren't able to find the back doors. Yeah. So the bad actors were just sitting there going, oh, hey, command and controls back up. Cool. You know, <laughs> boom, let's hit them again. So they paid 2.4 million pounds mm. twice uh, to the same group. So. Yeah, that's the closest I had seen too, mm. but that's just a reinfection. That's not really. Yeah, exactly. That's not a like strains or yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I would love to hear if anyone sees that, and and you know we'll keep you up to date on the show if we start hearing about this being yes. a, a a significant factor. What do you say, Javad? Yes, we will. We Excellent. Will. Cool. Ah, yes, PRC, our other friends. Weren't People's we just talking Republic about of China linked cyber actors hide in router firmware. firmware. Yeah. Firmware, it must yeah. be very small people to hide in router firmware. But. <laughs> you know, this is something that we see pop up every couple of years is something having to do, especially with um, like personal or home-based routers. Uh, that's a, a router to you, by the yes, way. Yes, yes, I get it. We, we call it like Roto Router here is, you know, where they come in and, and clean plumbing. Um, but anyways, uh, we we see this every once in a while where they find out there's hard-coded stuff that gets, uh, what was it, Mariah, um, that, that really hit a whole bunch of those like uh, consumer-based yeah, ones. Yeah, Mariah. Yeah, and, and so this is not something new. It's interesting to see it again. Um, something I will say is on the consumer router side, I, the last couple of times I've set up a consumer router, I've actually liked the way they did it, where initially they used to ship it out and it was username, admin, password, admin, mm -hmm. and people just, they wouldn't change that. Right. And so boom, everybody had their router zoned. Yeah. Um, but these days it's more the process of, you have to go through a quick setup. So you connect to it and it asks you to create a password. There is yeah. no hard coded one per se. Um, and it really won't let you go ahead unless you do something yeah. with it. So I kind of like people that. People just because... choose admin as their password. Well, right. I mean, we can't help <laughs> that part that no, much. No. I mean, um, but it, I like that we've actually, the issues in the past have caused us to make a change in how we're doing things here. I actually kind of like that. It is. It is. I think like that's one of the fundamental really quick wins is like, you know, just have it so people just like, as they set up, like you said, set your own password and then yeah. have some constraints like this is too weak. Choose a stronger yeah. password. <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, it, yeah. it comes back to the same thing with multi-factor authentication. And I don't know if it's the same way over there in the UK with you. <clears throat> but the last time we set up one of our um, bank accounts, we got a new bank account. As we're going through the setup process there, they said, what number do you want us to send multi-factor authentication or, or two-factor yeah. stuff too. Just what number do you want us to send the code to? It wasn't an option. It wasn't a, you know, no, you, you, you can bypass that or whatever. They didn't ask, would you like to? They just said, what number are we sending it to? And those 
small but fundamental shifts, I think, in getting people to do the right thing are kind of important. You know what's another really, really, really fundamental, small but in vital shift that, that is needed? What's that? Getting rid of you. So anyway, with that, uh, thank you for joining us this week. And we will hopefully be back next week again. Until then, stay secure, my friends.